0: Welcome to The Caregiver's Crew, a place for caregivers raising kiddos with special needs and disabilities to come together for wisdom, resources, parent and expert advice, as well as laughs and companionship. I'm your host, Efeo Delia, and I'm also the founder of Sojourn.com, a new digital health home base designed to help you and me, parents like us, raising kiddos with special needs, disabilities, or chronic health conditions to receive the care, coordination, and community we need. If you have not already done so, please be sure to visit us at Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-O-R-N-E. In this podcast, I'll teach you how to organize your schedule, find critical resources for your child, protect your mental health, and grow in your role as a caregiver. I also want to make sure that we're filling your cup. So while we won't glamorize the tough journey ahead, we also won't make it tougher. Let's laugh, share the load, and leave encouraged because we all need to stay fueled for what's ahead of us. All right, are you ready? Let's get it. Good afternoon, crew. Hello, hello. Wherever you are, what, at whatever time you're listening to this, um, so good to have you on. I would love to get into today's episode, um, which is about seeking um, an evaluation or an opinion if you suspect your child may have a special need or disability. I would love to preface this conversation by saying that um, I'm doing this episode um, because I know a number of families that um, are in our ecosystem already have their diagnosis, but increasingly I'm meeting parents um, who are new to the ecosystem. And I would say that as Sojourn is out in the community here in greater Atlanta, doing different community events, back to school jams, different outreaches at churches and um, throughout the community, we are seeing increasingly parents um, who are are just unsure about how to get started. And if it's getting that initial diagnosis, if it's not getting that initial diagnosis, then sometimes there's questions around, well, how do i you know get more support at school or elsewhere out, outside of school so let's let's get into it let's talk about it um how i think the the first thing is really about um observing and getting all the information possible right um and i think we could all agree around <laughs> let's like why, why are we having this conversation in the first place well you're probably noticing some things or being told things about your child's development Or your, your gut, um, your innate senses are telling you that something's off. And I would like trust that feeling, right? Um, what, you know, there, you should always have a healthy dose of suspicion about anything (laughs) that you, you feel. But, um, we're, we're given that intuition for a sense. So, so go with it and start documenting, right? Um, and by documenting, I mean, write down what you're observing um if your child if if it's a speech issue um observe how many things they are saying or aren't saying um take pictures right if it's a physical disability um, i you know met a, a parent recently who um was being told that her son's gait how he walked his steps you know um just seemed off and because she sees him every day she didn't realize it but over time, she's now seeing it and then she, you know, is like, okay, well, I, I wish I caught this sooner. I wish I understood what people were trying to tell me sooner, but take those, document what you're seeing or what people are telling you and just collect that information. Um Notice what, you know, track those patterns, um put down the times, the dates, the time of day you're observing it, the context in which you're observing it. So if this is something you typically see, um, you know, it, uh, if it's associated with weather or time of the day or after meals, like just note those kinds of things. Um, I think the next thing we would say is talk to teachers and caregivers. If your child is not school-aged, if they are still in that sort of zero to four, and, and maybe you keep them at home, just anyone else who interacts with your child, Pull in some more insights and see what observations teachers, caregivers, or anyone else, grandma, grandpa, your sister, whoever spends enough time with them regularly, just see if they have any insights. And also, you know, document that, add that to the list of things that you're collecting. Then I would say, once you're sure there's enough you don't know what it is. And if you're you're like me and a lot of us mamas are, you would have started Googling. <laughs> you would have started trying to be Dr. Mom. Don't be, uh, don't continue to be Dr. Mom. Like definitely do your research, but you don't really have a basis yet. And we, and a few of us have medical degrees and some, some parents that I know, I have doctors in the family and I, and I know um, doctors, but they, they try not to be their own child their own children's doctor, right? So you still, if you do have medical training, you still do want to seek an outside, unbiased opinion. Um, so let's, let's do that. Consult your pediatrician. Your pediatrician is usually the person who will refer you out to other resources. And so start with your pediatrician, get that meeting, um, and and they're going to want to observe your child, bring that set of documents and observations you've been collecting, right? And this is the time to, to bring everything. Um, if you have pictures, those things, the notes that you've been writing, bring those things. And make sure you book the right type of appointment with your pediatrician and also call the office. If you know you're going to want to spend time with your pediatrician, they may tell you what type of appointment to book. They may say something like, book an annual consult. Um, that way we can make sure you get like a full hour or something like that. Because if it's, if it's a sick visit or a well visit or one of those things, they may just have you for their little 15, 20 minute slots, but tell them what you're trying to accomplish when you're booking your appointment and not, don't just take whatever time the uh, medical assistant gives you. Do that research, get that longer appointment and then go in for, with, for, to that appointment with all of your documents. That might mean taking pictures of things and, and making sure that it's on your phone, putting it in the car the night before or your backpack, whatever, so that you don't forget. Cause I've done that. I've, I've, ooh, I've prepared some documents and I've gone to my meeting and gone, Oh, I left them at my desk at work. So just be, treat this thing like, homework. It's, it's, it's the first day of, you know, school, just have that sort of level of preparation when you're going into that meeting so that you don't forget the things that you want to put before your pediatrician. Um, and then see if you can get a referral. If your pediatrician says, oh, um, you know, I, I don't think anything's wrong with so-and-so and you don't agree, I would still ask for a referral and the, your pediatrician would know who to refer you out to. And there are very few pediatricians. I actually don't know any. And I I really haven't heard stories of where pediatricians will refuse to give you a referral if you requested one, just because you don't necessarily agree, or you might have more concepts and more information than them. I would definitely say, well, can I have a referral anyway? And they'll say, sure. So they'll be they'll know if it's um if you've been complaining about um you know your your the way your 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 child talks or that they're lacking words or they're com- they come they get a lot of ear infections they might see say that okay well you need to see an ear nose and throat um specialist um so I'll refer you to an ENT that sort of thing. So um hopefully they're on board they get it. Um, if they're not that's okay just you can still request the referral um for whatever concern your um uh that you still want to be investigated um now all of this I'll say will take some time <clears throat> um from the time you document to the time you see your first um you know to the time you book your your um long visit with your pediatrician that might be it's you know a 6 to 8 week process right then from there, from the time you meet with your pediatrician to the time you call the specialist, make sure they accept your insurance and then um, then actually get to your visit, another six to eight weeks may pass by. So be patient, um, be on top of things and ask for the, the early, soonest available appointments and let people know, like spend time with whoever answered that phone um be kind to them be gener- be generous in in your spirit when you're talking with them and let them know what you're trying to accomplish and they'll make sure that they can find um a cancellation for you or find something very soon for you and not just like see whatever the computer spits out to them and then give you that time right um let let try to make it easy for them to be an advocate for you as well since you're seeking answers for your baby um the next thing i would say is so uh, at this point, maybe, um, you know, three months have gone by and you have seen a, uh, the the specialist and they may then go on issue tests, right? They may need blood samples and scans and all of that. And you have to book those things. And so be stay on top of that. This is not, I will tell you, this is, it's annoying. It is, it's a lot. It can be overwhelming. Um, but just know that you're on the road to getting answers, right? It's not a, a simple, you know, press this button and an answer spits out. It's really a cycle. It's a process and you have to follow through with that process to get your evaluation. Um, this, then the evaluation or the series of evaluations take place. Um, in that time, I would be talking with your, 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 your the teacher, um, the school and making sure that there is support for your your child if your child is school aged right um if you're not if your child is not school aged i would look into two things i'll start there first um if you are plugged into the public system and if you are um um you know on the path or, or intend to send your child to public school then you know one uh, early intervention for children 0 to 3 is um, is a national offering, and it's called different things in um, your state. But make sure that your child is receiving services through early intervention, and the uh, your state will have um, your you know your state's department of health or board of health will have will be able to point you to how to get into that system. Um, usually it's, you'll, you can find the information on the state, web's, at what state website, but these programs are administered locally at the county level. So you'll probably be pointed to your county and then have to um, go through, apply through your local county board of health. Um, sometimes your pediatrician will tell you that they'll refer you. Uh, great, you know, let them refer you, but don't let that stop you from also going ahead and calling and Getting yourself registered because I've heard too many stories of, um, well-intending, um, doctors and, and, um, offices, really not the doctors themselves, meaning to refer families or not referring families in a timely, timely manner. Or I'm, I mean, there's plenty of human error. There are plenty of freak, um, situations that happen. So don't leave these things to chance. Even if you're told you're going to get a referral, you should own it and just follow up and make sure you're actually getting that referral. So I'm jumping back to school, um, making sure you're speaking with the school nurse, the school social worker, the teacher, so that you can ensure that one, if your child has an IEP, um, that the IEP is, um, being followed, that the IEP is up to date and that you are kind of forewarning your, your, um, the school team, the child study team, that there may be some changes. Maybe your child has a health-related issue and a 504 is more of what's needed. Um, have those discussions and they can guide you um, in the right direction, ideally, right? Ideally. Um, the other thing I would say, um, again, for younger children, if your child's in Head Start, um, Head Start has resources for... Um, Um, special education in in these early years for you know uh, three, four, and five year olds. So pursue that. Find out more information about that through your center director, and they'll be able to, um, again, ideally should be should be able to point you in in the right direction. I will pause and say that Sojourn um, dot com is a one stop shop for you to get support and resources that you need to figure a lot of these things out. So we specialize, of course, in supporting families with special needs, disabilities, and chronic health conditions um, for their children themselves. Or if you're taking care of an older adult, um, we may be able to point you in the right direction for some of those resources. So definitely stop by, um, download our app, and uh, get into a community and reach out to us directly, and we will be sure to point you in the right direction um, with resources, um, both inside the app and um, outside of the app as well. So, just wanted to make sure I shared that with you. Um, We're rounding up on sort of like the steps to take as you are seeking an ev- an evaluation or opinion regarding your child, if you believe they may have may have a disability. Um, Um, or need um, additional resources and supports. Um, While you're going through the evaluation period, I would say educate yourself, right? Um, Try to understand, and this will be much easier once you actually have a diagnosis, if it is um, ADHD. Educate yourself on what ADHD is. If your child is given an autism um, diagnosis, of uh, ASC spectrum there there's so many resources there's so much more we know now about what autism autism is and how it manifests and how it shows up than before and so definitely educate yourself on whatever this diagnosis is and don't don't let the the diagnosis leave you in a place where where you're feeling sort of disarmed and unable to, you know, um, unable to address and, and keep going and support your child. And there may be a moment of that, right? We we can all feel like, whoa, I didn't see this one coming, right? I knew there was something off, but I thought maybe it was just a little delay. They'll catch up. Um, I know a number of us may have felt that way unless you knew your child's diagnosis from birth or early on. Um. The hope is, right? That's that's very human of us. Like the, the spirit hopes and and that hope gives us fuel to keep keep going, right? But once you have the diagnosis, be um try to see the the other side, the the bright side of this, right? Now you have a response, you have an answer. And moms, please don't feel guilty. Like I I talked to parents, even today, I, I I actually not too long ago came back from a community event. And I had to talk a mom out of this, like beating herself up for not noticing and not catching it soon. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Um, we um, are caretakers. We're caregivers. We, we are parents first, right? We love on our children. We provide them what they need. We take care of so many things. And um, there is no, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a sprint or a. Uh, there's no mandate for catching everything um, possibly wrong with your child in 30 days or 60 days. Like, so don't don't have this sort of fake uh, measuring stick in your head about how long it should have taken you to notice. Don't do that to yourself. Um, please don't do that to yourself. <laughs> um, be as kind to yourself as possible because you're going to need that grace and um, that energy and steam to go on to the next steps, right? And to keep, keep, stay well for yourself and for your child and and your family. So, um, that's, that's what I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with. Once you have the diagnosis, um, pretend you're in a restaurant with, with the rest of this, the process, right? And by that, I mean, when you're in a restaurant and you're served something that doesn't, that's cold, it doesn't, it's not appetizing. It's not what you ordered. It's not what's filling for you. Then reject it or ask questions, <laughs> ask to speak to the manager. And that's how you should treat the, the rest of the process when it comes to your child. When you're, um, when you're in, um, your medical appointments or in your, in an education setting and you're getting things that just don't seem right and um i'm an educator i've run a school i'm a former principal school leader you know building leader i so i know sometimes we're you know we're trained as parents to think that the school is trying to do you in and that's not necessarily the case i think what's actually happening in in, in more cases than not is people are, are are lazy um people can be lazy i'm sorry i not a, people aren't lazy I take that back. People can be um in the quest to get so much done. Um, you, we, we can make a widget, right? And and making a widget is just a reference to doing something routine and just crossing the boxes and checking checking the boxes, putting the dots on and just moving with it. And that's not how you should a- approach an IEP. Um, a um, you know, an action plan, a restorative um behavior plan. Be You know, none of these things should just be done like, oh, I wrote one and it's done. Right. So if you feel that you're just getting something that doesn't address your child's needs, it doesn't seem comprehensive, um, or maybe it worked at one point and it's no longer working, like have that conversation. It's a conversation. And um, schools are, I can say, um, at my school, we were always ready and willing to partner with our families. Um, because, and we enjoyed when families were engaged because we got the feedback and then we start partnering and that we can, and that way we can better support your child. And so definitely advocate for your child and monitor the progress, um, take pictures, keep, um, samples of your child's work. I throw a lot of it away, but I I keep samples of it to see. Trends. Is, is she getting better at this? Are these IEP goals still relevant? You want to be tracking all of those trends and making sure that a lot of this still makes sense for your child. Um, and, and you just keep, and you repeat, right? You kind of repeat the process to follow up. Um, even though you, you may have a diagnosis that may not change for the lifetime of your, you know, in a lifetime, that doesn't mean that they're the, parts of of your process or your routine won't change. You may start medicines, you may discontinue medicines, you may need um uh, a new assistive technology. So you, you'll still have that diagnosis, but you have to manage care, right? So this is where we are on a journey, right? It's like a car, you have to maintain it. You have to do those regular checkups, right? And, and so getting the diagnosis is the beginning of having an answer, but it's it's really the beginning of the road of managed care over time. So I hope that's helpful. Please, if you haven't already, join our community, Sojourn.com. You can find other parents and families going through a lot of the same things and um, make some new friends and get some more information and just know that you're not alone in this. So thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you inside the community. Thank you for tuning in to the Caregiver's Crew. We know that this journey is not one that you can walk alone. So make sure to join our community at Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-O-R-N-E. We can't wait to have you. All right, crew, stay strong, stay encouraged, and stay connected. And we'll see you in the community.